0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 2, Episode 15. Celebrity Fans of Star Trek, November 21st, 1989.
1: Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now, your host, Dr. Trek Larry Nemacek.
0: Hey, welcome back, Star Trek fans, all you background fans and aficionados, and of course, all you trekophiles with an F. We say the trekophiles because, as you know, every week you can catch us here talking about a document that you can also catch every week right there on our page on Facebook at The Trek Files. And this week, our document is another uh, another fun one, another research piece from our guest today. It's from the wonderful late 80s time of Star Trek. Next Generation is uh, on the air. The original series movies are in process. And the studio is realizing that it has a major asset here to promote on two levels. And strangely enough, the idea that it was... Maybe cool after all <laughs> to be a Trek fan. Before we kind of generalize that into general geekery and, and nerdiness, uh, people are coming out of the closet all over the place, including celebrities, if they hadn't already made it known. Uh, and it was becoming a cool thing. I don't know if the celebrity revolution led the acceptance of Star Trek and and led to the pop culture fandom explosion we have today. But they were certainly part of it, and a lot of them were loud and proud and and, uh, happy to to let their their Trek flag fly. And my guest is uh, going to be back with us right after this, but here's a sample of a first attempt to uh, corral some of that celebrity Trekness. To Rick Berman from Richard Arnold, November 21st, 1989. Attached are some examples of positive letters from viewers of the show pulled from our current letter files. We could certainly come up with more if you need them. Following are the names of people who are either prominent and fans of the show or would be of interest to TV Guide. It's amazing. I think the celebrity list has grown longer and longer and longer and was just recently uh, a big video output put together by CBS as Discovery was, uh, was, was hitting the airwaves or the screening waves last year. But, hey, I want to welcome back a uh, guest again, Richard Arnold, who was Gene Roddenberry's research consultant and in many ways a right-hand man for all the last, uh, for many, many years, whether he was on the payroll or not. Richard, thanks for being back with us, and, and this is a really fun uh, memo. What you, It looks like TV Guide was doing a special. What was the impetus for this,
1: this piece? My pleasure to be back. Um, they wanted to say that Star Trek, is accepted not just by kids, mm-hmm. but adults and people you know well outside of the science fiction normal circles, um, politicians, other actors, sports figures, etc. And they wanted some names, and Rick came. Rick came to me for that. Yeah.
0: Now. I mean, Again, Gene do this. We've we've had a, a prior episode where Gene's talking about in the in the early days of selling uh, the movies in the seventies, the PAX movies and and the Star Trek revival movies, where Gene's talking to studio executives, talking to Jerry Eisenberg, and relating a story about being on a plane in the seventies, and it's a chartered plane for attorneys, and he finds out he's a mini celebrity, you know, early in the phenomenon, because all these attorneys are Trek fans, and he was saying. It's not the meme, it's not the stereotype yet, but the reason Star Trek will be around is because it's reaching yeah, way past the standard sci-fi circle of fandom. It's really getting out to the mainstream, and it's affecting a lot of young minds too. So this is 1989. This is another 10, 15 years past that point. I guess it's finally starting to dawn into—it's <laughs> finally starting to dawn on the uh, the suits and all the money folks and the promoters and people who realize that it really is a it really is a thing and the, and and the general unwashed public out there also that uh, it, it's fine this does exist it's great and by the way if you've been in the closet it's okay to come out
1: <laughs> yeah um, it took it took much longer than this for some of the people in the front office to get it, uh, and some yeah. never did. I could give you examples, but that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> well, just
0: look at this. Now, we have a two-part memo here, because we have your memo to Rick, and then we have Rick's turnaround to Dana Freeman to, to, to uh, pass this along, and he added a few names of his own. But but just look at this. So a lot of these wound up being involved, nearly being involved with Star Trek. Uh, you've got Robin Williams, who famously... Let it be known that he was a big fan.
1: Was oh, he a- crashed our 20th anniversary party. <laughs> what happened? In a Hawaiian shirt. And we just showed up and wanted to come in. And it was a dressy affair, you know. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't say no to Robin. He'd always been so great to whenever I had, you know, groups I was taking around on a tour that I, I couldn't say no to him. So we let him in. And, um, yeah, the press, the second he walked in, because the press were all just inside the door. You know, he wasn't Star Trek, but they went, you know, nuts, and and he was more than happy to give them whatever they needed, and it, it probably helped us in the long run. But yeah, Michael J. Fox and various other people on the lot crashed the party, mm-hmm. uh, which was so crowded already. Uh, that soundstage really wasn't big enough for anymore.
0: And And we're talking, now this is the memos in 89. You're talking 86, the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Which in yeah. my, I mean, I wasn't there. But in my mind, it's very famously when Paramount woke up. And it's the big transition year. Uh, Next Generation's announced. S- sort of woke 20th. up. 20 is. Well, yeah, what I'm saying yeah, is it's the yeah. first time they celebrated. And now we think about every five years or every whatever, all the anniversaries of the different shows and series are celebrated and marked and all of that. But that was really the first time they corporately thought this was a worthwhile promotional vehicle.
1: One year earlier, when Gene got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the studio didn't see any point in doing anything about it. And thank God for one man in the front office, one of the executives at the studio, who understood. And he became our angel. And they found us a sound stage and they f- and they covered the costs of decorating it they cleaned up the sets on nine all the standing mm-hmm, bridge mm-hmm. sets and corridors and so, era. On, so yeah and and lit them and had music playing and you know it was amazing for, what, for what an they after did, party what, for the stars yeah what, ceremony, the, what they the did of, oh no, this was for the 20th i'm sorry uh, i i oh, skip oh, okay. back okay. forward to that but yeah, they, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna spend the money, and if it weren't for him, I don't think there would have been a proper twentieth anniversary. They were gonna put out a couple of posters. Mm-hmm. That was about it. But wound so up being the party. The big we ended cake? up having this. Oh yeah, the yeah. cake, which was in the shape yeah. of an enterprise. Yeah, and it was mint um, chocolate. <laughs> um, and everybody was there except for George and D. And that 's because D was on his way to England to do a convention there, and he wasn 't going to disappoint the fans mm-hmm. good for d and George wasn 't there because he was in Japan celebrating his grandmother 's hundred and fifth birthday, and she would have killed him if he 'd missed it so <laughs> um, yeah, otherwise, everybody was there, and we invited actors and producers and directors who had a, worked appeared on or worked on the original series and that was like 195 actors alone. First right there, yeah. Yeah, I mean it was amazing and and it got a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. And I think the studio were kind of like, "Wow." You know, it was like it was like <laughs> it was enough. when when It Gene was almost died, a redo yeah.
0: of uh, gee, don't We have it like when yeah, Star yeah, exactly. Wars hit. Exactly. Yeah. Don't Charles we have a sci-fi thing Don't we
1: have some, uh, um, when when uh, Gene died? The studio had no idea that the flood of requests for photos and, and so on, um, and the amount of coverage front page of In the United Times. Yeah. You know, had they, no two idea. Two years after this, they still didn't, didn't get it. They just didn't get it. You know, how important Gene was, how important the show was. Well, you know, Robin Williams was the idea that Rick, when
0: he, uh, his character burrowing off Rasmussen, the yeah. criminal time, right. you know, the fraud, fraudster time traveler, right. Right. Uh, was the first choice. But look here, Eddie Murphy, the famous, famous... Big fan. Famous fan, but also yeah. the wannabe uh, lead, you know... Well, he was going to for be in Star, Star, Trek, Star Force, 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 The pivotal, right. yeah, the time Yeah, the time as, as
1: a 20th century... Um, person who discovers them when they land in the um, Golden Gate Park, which was actually uh, Will Rogers State Park, in right, Pacific right. Palisades. But yeah, um, you know that unfortunately didn't happen. Robin unfortunately didn't happen. But Whoopi, Whoopi was already it. working on the show at this point. Right. Right. Um, Mick Fleetwood happened. The Antean, um, right Leonard Moulton yeah. didn't, I don't know how they would have used him anyway John Tesh Oh, he
0: could have been an ambassador Yeah,
1: they got right? John in an episode of a Klingon, which was great No, wait, you told us the story of yeah. John Tesh oh, Tell yeah. us that one. Oh, okay, um, I used to go to the same gym uh, with John mm-hmm. And I would see him there in the morning so And, we, it was and for, for our newer
0: listeners, John
1: Tesh Entertainment huge, Tonight Huge longtime co-host
0: of Entertainment yeah. Tonight yeah. In the 80s, also yeah. musician- And new wave musician Yes, exactly yes. Uh, and new really age. tall guy, like <laughs> six five or something. Maybe we should say New Age, not New, new Age. Wave. Okay, whichever. A little less amplified. Okay,
1: and. Um I used to see him in the mornings. He would be there before I would get there, and I would be heading back to change, and he would say, hey, Richard, when are you going to put me in an episode of Star Trek? And I would always say, whenever we need a big, ugly alien, John, because he was like (laughs) 6'5", right? So yuck, yuck, yuck. Okay, anyway, one day he says it, and I'm I'm about to walk away, and I thought, wait a minute. I went back, and I said, what are you doing Thursday? And he said, taping our usual episode. And I said, do you think you'd be able to get out long enough to do a – a quick. We have a scene where we have a whole bunch of Klingons, and we could. And he was like, "Yeah." So I went to the studio that morning and I called the production office and I said, um, "Entertainment Tonight would like to do a piece on Star Trek, and and you know they want to know if we can use John as one of the Klingons on Thursday's uh, shoot." And they were like, "Yeah, great." And and we set up the fitting and and so on for him. And I called. Entertainment Tonight, and I said we would like to have John be a Klingon in this scene and have you cover it. And they're like, "Great, yeah!" And they each thought that the other had come up with the idea, and it happened. And it was great, and, <laughs> and you know, it was a big deal for John. So. It is,
0: and he's he's like front to camera on the left in Worf's Age of Ascension, right? Yeah, right. It stabs the, him. Yeah, the debut yeah. of the pain sticks.
1: Yes, right. So um, he was for years the tallest Klingon ever until James were until Werns- James Werns- Los yeah. Angeles Lakers, yeah. Well, John, yeah. get into the NBA and we'll, we'll right, but, I mean, George Lucas, come on. How are we going to... But he was a fan, right? Isaac Asimov, right. you know, who unfortunately passed. Uh, Ray Bradbury, big fan. These are all people who are fans. They didn't right. all get to work on it or not. But Carl's son ended up yes. working on the show. writing. Um, and, Nick, and yes. you know, Buzz Aldrin, you know, used to come to the parties at Gene's house all the time. Um, I remember once one of the heaters in the outside area of the house where mm-hmm. the tenting was had stopped working and he was on a chair trying to fix it and get it restarted and he couldn't and I finally said buzz and he turned around and I said come on it's not rocket science (laughs) and everybody laughed and he just gave me a dirty look and said never heard that one before (laughs) but he was a great guy Jerry Brown whose dad had also been governor and had been a friend of Gene's since the original series Mm -hmm. time um, and that's why they started calling him Governor Moonbeam. Okay, because he was attractive. Uh, well, he was also dating Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> I know. I'm just yeah, yeah. kidding. Uh, and and they used to go eat at Lucy's El yes. across from Right. Across. right. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is you know, I mean, G G Harry Stein. Okay, we're getting down to people who are definitely fans. We're never going to get is, on the show. Yeah. But this, um, now
0: this is your memo. So you then you went a little internal there.
1: Yeah, but then Ron Moore. Um, come on, he ended up, you know, being a co-executive producer uh, yeah. on Star Trek. Rick Sternbach, who you know worked with it for over twenty years. Same yeah. with Mike Akuta uh, and Mel Harris in the front office. So you know, a really great, to me, great list of, of people who were fans of the show um, and not just nerds (laughs) because they liked Star Trek. Yeah,
0: and again, the the, the impetus for this was a request by TV Guide, ostensibly to have celebrities to interview uh, for some occasion here in 89, going into 90, um, late 89. So they're looking for people to interview, and you gave them a great list of celebrities and also some internal big-name fans, B&Fs, we used to say. Shane Johnson had written some nonfiction books, and and Shirley Majewski, longtime chairman of the Well Committee, like I like to say, it was Star Trek's Internet before there was Internet. The, pa- exactly. the paper and stamps Internet, yeah. Right. So, yeah, so the companion piece this week <laughs> is the, the, the memo that Rick turned around uh, to Dana Friedman to forward on to uh, TV Guide, who took most of your list here, uh, didn't take the internals and the staff folks, no. and added a few more of his own. Dwight Schultz here, who was just on the cusp of being Barkley for the first time, but everybody knew him from Team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Neil Young, singer, Bob Dylan, and Hugh Downs. Who, Bob, I Dylan guess, <laughs> Bob Dylan Mumbler. Bob Dylan Mumbler. And, and uh, Hugh Downs, who I guess is the reason now, in hindsight, 2020 always was ready with a Star Trek story at the drop of a hat. Oh, yeah. And then he says he's going to speak to Gene for some additional names, and he would have had more. Um, it's funny because just uh, being around the promotional and some of the licensing sides of, of Trek over over the years, Every so many years when new people get involved, there's a new call to update the celebrity list or restart the celebrity list. It's, it's kind of interesting to look at this and think, uh, I guess, it's not like there's an official one etched in brass somewhere, but uh, in stone and granite. But um, this strikes me as maybe the first time a formal list was compiled for someone to have in a file somewhere at the studio. I don't know. But, but if, not, if not on actual paper, the awareness that this was an asset and that this was something to promote with. And I'm,
1: I'm pretty yeah. sure this was the first time that mm-hmm. I put together a list uh, for anyone outside of our own office. Right. Um, I mean, we we knew obviously Susan and Gene and I. We knew because you know we would get phone calls from, we would get visits from people who were big fans, including Whoopi Goldberg, who famously called up as soon as she found out that Denise was leaving the show, right? Expressing interest in working on it, and it was one of those. When, when Susan got the initial call, she was like, yeah, right, and hung up. And, and Whoopi actually then showed up and and said, right. yeah, I am interested. Right, so, and, yeah. and no one believed her. And no, no one believed no, no. her. Yeah. And Jean was saying, we, there's no way we could afford you. And she said, I'll do it for Sag Minimum. I don't <laughs> care. I just want to do it. Yeah. You have no idea how important it is to me. And she told the whole story about growing up in the projects and all that. Right, so, and seeing Urua yeah. on on yeah. Representing, representation. Yeah, terms. I mean, the time Paul McCartney called and Susan was like, ha 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 ha, ha yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> put him through to Gene. And, and they almost ended up working together on a project, but it never happened. Yeah. So. Hmm. Unfortunately, to... the motion picture, you know, got too involved and Gene wasn't able to do that. A lot of things that Gene was going to do around 76, 77 yeah. that ended up. Yeah. I, I wish he'd moved on with Report from Earth. Which I don't know if you know about that, but I think it was one of the most brilliant things that he ever did. And it just, it never got anywhere because he got too busy with other things. We've got, to, we have some paper on that. Report from Come, Earth? Yeah. With on G A
0: A N. Coming down the pike here. Yeah. Among the many. Yeah, you're right, though. There is so much when you look at all the, his files and some of this is good because even if it wasn't a produced or completed project it sh- still gives you insight into the man sometimes who, it was one or two pages right yeah, Right, yeah. but it's still another little glimpse into some aspect of, of the guy that brought us all of this
1: the mind yeah well anyway it's, one of my it's, greatest pleasures was sitting in the dining room with him when he was working on Report from Earth and he stopped being Gene Roddenberry and became on, his character from it and he was observing people in the dining room human beings, and, and how to his race, we were so disgusting, you know, chew, chewing on animal flesh, because his people lived off the natural outgrowth of the planet. They didn't kill anything. And, and he observed brilliantly that life on this planet is all about the death of other things, that everything on this planet survives off the death of something else. Um and and believe me, he was ready to send an F <laughs> on his report card from Earth. Yeah,
0: G-A-A-N, I think. Yeah, you know
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gaan. The real Ga'an character. Yeah. yeah. Real Ga'an guy. Well, this is um yeah. It's and again, this memo we're looking at here this week is just 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 the tip of the iceberg of what at the time probably, but even, even over the years since. Oh, my gosh, the celebrity. I
1: I got to take so many of of these people specifically, as well as politicians and um, musicians and and sports uh, celebrities, taking them around, and other actors. I remember taking Patrick um, Swayze Mm -hmm. around when he was working on Ghost with Whoopi. Right. And he had requested a visit, so I took him over and I walked him in and I introduced him Patrick Stewart, Patrick, 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 Patrick. It was very easy. And the two of them was just, you know, they just loved each other's work and, and so on. And it was, it was for me always fun. But the ones I really disliked taking around were the politicians. And it's like, why are we wasting our time? Taking these people around because they aren't interested. But Dan Quayle and his wife, was it Marilyn? Yes. Yeah. And their kids, Tucker and Ben. <laughs> wow. are going around and the kids loved it and were... Jumping into the captain's chair and jumping up onto the transport platform, and you know, normally we didn't allow, but it was okay. But the entire tour, he was vice president at this time, I'm thinking. Yeah, Dan and ACR, blah 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 blah. And Dan's not paying any attention at all to his kids, to the tour, no, to the tour. Oh, to the tour, he you know, you could have been walking him around anything, he was paying no attention. Marilyn was trying, God bless her, she was trying. And we were in the sick bay, and Jonathan Frakes was on the table being examined by Dr. Crusher in the scene. Oh, it's an active film someday. Yeah, we were shooting on that set. And Marilyn is looking around. She'd been looking lost the entire time we were going around the sets, And then this dim little bulb started to go off over her head. And she said, oh, so this is like a real ship. And Jonathan Frakes (laughs) goes... snorts you know oh my god <laughs> she wasn't too bright and after it was over I, I went back and I was like Jonathan and he said the whole time she was here because of her hairstyle he said I wanted to say oh Rob <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah but the one time that it was a Republican that it was actually fun was Ronald Reagan oh yeah very famous, and, and he of, knew yeah, his he Star Trek which is interesting I, that was unexpected And we got over to 16, Mm -hmm. where we were shooting the Klingon High Council Chamber. Yeah, for redemption. And Mm one. And it's the most Klingons I think we'd ever had. And huge set. And somebody asked him afterwards, how did you like the Klingons? And he said, I like the Klingons. They remind me of Congress. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole time, he was so nice. He was so funny. You know, it's like I wanted to hate him before I met him, and I couldn't because he was so nice. <laughs> and um, it was so funny—the his security, the um, studio security—we had, you know, I think LAPD there. Yeah. You know, it was it was so yeah. ridiculous, and they were all falling over each other to be the ones right next to him the whole time. And finally, they were all told to just back off a little bit, especially after the incident in Data's quarters. We mm-hmm. went in the door from the hall, and. Walked in, and I explained this had been Kirk's quarters in the movies, and, mm-hmm. and and Data's desk was there. And then we went out the back door, and the security was all waiting, thinking we were coming back out that door, and they realized we weren't. And they literally were falling over each other and, and fighting, and it was like, ridiculous. <laughs> to squeeze in the yeah, doors? Yeah, because we were, gonna, doors. we were already on our way into the, the holodeck, you know, the... Mm-hmm. the, the the bay, the shuttle bay, the right. whatever cargo bay—it was all those sets, right? But we'd already gotten through there, so people didn't realize there was a back exit. So yeah, but it was, it was a fun day. That's and good to hear about.
0: I, I knew yeah. famously his his visit was well recorded, but I didn't know if he was there just because AC, you know, because they
1: were AC asked me. He, he, he said friends he of AC. To see. That was he like number one see. friend of yeah. AC. Yeah, he wanted to see. Yeah, I was like, really? Okay. Uh, and oh, I remember. <laughs> Uh, Brent Spider, who I share politics with, um, said, if he comes and I'm working, I'm going to walk off the set. All right, Brent. All right, fine. Okay. (laughs) Turned out Brent wasn't working that day, and he came in on his day off just to see him. (laughs) So much for that. That's great. Yeah. That's
0: great. See? Star Trek, still bringing people together. You betcha. We hope. We hope. Richard, thanks so much for sitting down with us once again. We're going to have you back down the line somewhere. We've got too much good stuff to to talk about no worries thanks again The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment executive producer Rod Roddenberry additional production by Ken Ray all documents are available at facebook.com slash The Trek Files for more great podcasts check out podcast.roddenberry.com for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes visit Dr. Trek that's me and Portal 47 at LarryNemichek.com